It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Here comes the big dog. The big dog, Roman Reigns. The big dog. And we kick off Monday Night Raw live tonight in Phoenix, Arizona. With the big dog. This is such good shit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco, super good, such good shit show, pal. Numero seis. Number six. Yeah. See, Number you six. Know, I was going to throw that one out there. I know. We're gonna, yeah. We're, we're, we're doing it. We're in a new world. We are recording this, uh, which is the second time we've done this. Last week on the hashtag Miranda show, we recorded that. Uh, yeah, two times, two times. But now. This is the sixth super good, such good but shit. Second, but show. first video, shit show, such good shit show, but second video show. Second, yes. Carry the three, divide no. by eight. There's no three to carry. Like, it, you know how many it would have to be if we carried the three? It would be over 30. That's too much. I'm sorry. Well, math. I'm, no, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't there. The, the dress is blue. The dress is blue, Miranda. <laughs> It's not brown. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. No, it's not. Anyways. I don't know. Yes. So you guys could probably already guess we are doing a special edition of the Hashtag Miranda show and the Greg DeMarco show, also known as Chair Shot Radio. So we actually probably should change that title, but it's too late. No, we can't anything. change the title. It's just going to well, have to be what it is. It's going to have to be what it is. It is. We are doing the sixth edition. This is when we combine elements of the Greg DeMarco show slash Chair Shot Radio with the hashtag Miranda show, which are both podcasts on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And both are proud members of the Chairshot Radio Network, which is home to a plethora of amazing podcasts that you can listen to. And they're available in many different forms, including iTunes and Spotify and maybe Podbay. I, I'm not actually sure about the other one. I should have done some research. I think it is on Podbay. I think so. Yeah. iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, and Spotify are the biggest ones. The Yeah. Four. I listen on Spotify. They all stand there like this. That's what they do. You can't do both. It's not the eight horsemen. It's the four horsemen. But they always did both hands. No, they didn't. No. A lot of times they would do both no, hands. No, no, they didn't. Just, just one. Just the one? Just the one. Well, this is the sixth show, even <laughs> though we're putting up four. 
Uh, and yeah, you guys are the luckily li- listeners and viewers now, because again, we are recording this show. Uh, it is also still going to be available on the audio format. So if you are listening to this, uh, you know, you still may be a little confusing, but you know what? We are going to go with the flow. We are going to make sure that uh, this show uh, continues to be entertaining for you. Also very informative. We have some uh, really fantastic topics today, really going into in depth some of the major topics happening in the world of professional wrestling. But before we do that, it's also a reminder to let you know that you can follow thechairshot.com on social media um, at Chairshot Media. That is our new handle. Uh, name on social media on facebook twitter instagram uh we're not on snapchat not on tout not on myspace none of those uh but yes the the big all the big forms of social media you can follow us at chair shot media the chair always use your head yes and so uh i did all the lovely introduction portions i know greg uh you have some church shop media updates that you are going to let our lovely listeners know about i will before i do that though i i want because because we don't have the normal spot to do this i want to make sure everybody knows where they can follow you on social media and of course they can follow the queen of soft style herself at the hashtag miranda on facebook and instagram no twitter no twitter Because then she wouldn't be the Twitterless heroine. And if there's anything we've determined over the course of the past year plus, once you're given a nickname by me, you cannot remove said nickname by me because there's like eight of them. And and so your your Instagram handle, like I'm responsible for now that I think about it. So that's just because – and that's because you weren't on Twitter. That's the only reason why that even exists is because – I had to call you something on Twitter, and there was no handle, and so you became hashtag Miranda. So there you go. Fun fact. There'll be a quiz later. Fun fact. Anybody who wants to to be a quiz later, and you can win a, I don't know, win a prize of well, some kind. Well, then do we tell everyone where they can find you at Chairshot Greg uh, on social media? Well, you just did at Chairshot Greg. Ah! On, yeah. on social media, on, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. No tout, no TikTok. No Snapchat, no MySpace, no other ones that have come and gone. There was like this like Vero one for like a day and a half. There was um, – you will not find me on OnlyFans. I do not have an OnlyFans account. Um, <laughs> oh, you will not find oh, me I'm, on um, – I don't know. I, I am going to change my hashtag Miranda rights. For, no. <laughs> for <her tonight. laughs> I'm saying no, but I have no control over that kid. So maybe, maybe, maybe you I will. Go start an OnlyFans. It'd be the worst yeah. OnlyFans ever. Hey, you know, it, it's just a place for exclusive content. So of course, that's all it is. Yeah, it's a place for content. Yes. Content. Content. Yes. Yes. Content. Watch Greg drink out of this water bottle. People for, are going to pay. For $3, you can watch me drink out of the water bottle twice. Ooh, yeah, no. that's I'm a not, steal, everyone. I'm not Sign doing up. that. Not doing it. Not doing it. So at Chairshot Greg on your social media, at the hashtag Miranda on your social media, at Chairshot Media on your social media. 
Some updates real quick, uh, just for everybody. We do have a new Greg DeMarco show that is going to drop on Wednesday. That will drop in place of where ChairShot Radio normally is. So I'm saying it will drop by the time you listen or watch this on Thursday. It already has dropped. So new Greg DeMarco show drop Wednesday with UFC insider Jim Greasehaber. Uh, just an amazing interview. Grease is such a fun guy. I'm not saying all this because at the end he goes in hardcore putting me over. That's not why I'm saying all this. He, he was a great guy anyway. Uh. But he does sing the praises of, of, of yours truly at the end. And, and you know, especially you, Miranda, I am nothing if I'm not humble and, and zero ego involvement. So that's, you know, it, it's just it's just pure fun. So and humble. So, so humble. I mean, seriously, there's no there's nothing but humility around here. We've got a new Emily video coming out later this week, or actually might be out by now. I don't know. We're still working on the schedule for those. And last week, of course, the hashtag Miranda show came at you in video form. That's, of course, still available over on the YouTube, also on thechairshot.com. More video content coming. And this week, you're you're treated to this, the, the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco. Super good, such good shit show. Six, pal. Uh, a couple of other updates. Number the gaming. Ace. That's your job. I, 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 it's not authentic if I say it. Like, like numero seis, which is Spanish for no, number seis. Seis, right? Seis, like S A Y S. Seis. Uh, how's it really S-E-I-S. spelled? E I S. I knew that. Seis. I told you that. Yes. You weren't even sure. You weren't even sure. I may have confused as no E I S. Yes. Wild card, bitches! The gaming content continues over at thechairshot.com. DPP's first game review uh, came out earlier last or late last week. And then the, the second episode of a winner of, uh, yeah, I can't even speak. A winner is you will drop this week. So right now, a winner is you is coming out every other week with uh, some written content supplementing it on the off weeks. However, they might be up in that a little bit. And then just a, a quick update on, uh, on, on some stuff we've talked about before. Here at the website, also on social media, uh, Big Rick, Rick Lackney, and the Weekly Blitz have decided to depart. Uh, we'll be departing from the chair shot. And, of course, you guys know the controversy behind that. Just at the end of the day, that was a decision that was made. We'll no longer be continuing with the website. Uh, but our sports content will continue with the three-man weave, which, of course, dropped earlier today, which is Tuesday. We're recording this at 10 a.m., so go check that out. And there's some MMA content in the works as well. So I promise you, it, it says chair shot, and there's lots of wrestling content. But you know, we're, we're just we're just growing, we're just expanding. This time of is, is all about website growth, personal growth, just just growth in general. Lots of lots of growth, muscle growth. You know, just yeah, growth. So that's where we're at. So there's just some updates here at Chair Shot Media and the Chair Shot. .com, which I am not in the right place for, but I am now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And you know, what would be amazing is if people really wanted to support TheChairShot.com, well, they could probably pick up a t-shirt or three. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to tell you about it. I mean, why would I tell you about it when we have a, a legitimate queen, the queen of soft style here, to tell you all about how you can pick up your very own Chair shot t-shirt. Yes, and by three, he means me because I have several chair shot t-shirts. And you know what? I could tell you all about chair shot t-shirts, but you know what? 
because we are doing a video version of this show, I got to show you. I, I practice what I preach. I'm here repping one of the shirts that you can get on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shop. This is one of the various t-shirts that you can get there. This is one of the Always Use Your Head right there with the logo. This is actually a women's fitted tee. I know I preach preach soft, side, soft, soft style, uh, and I do have several soft style t-shirts uh, of different logos, but I mean, sometimes you got to go something a little different. Uh, but that also means that you could get this shirt in any style you like. You can get it in multiple colors. You can get other t-shirts in multiple colors and multiple styles. They all start at $19.99, so that's a pretty good deal. And then if you want to spend a few extra dollars to get a shirt in soft style, well, hey, it's only a few extra dollars, and it's all in support of thecheershot.com. And, hey, you're going to look stylish. You're going to be looking great. You're going to be looking smart because you're wearing one of the best wrestling T-shirts uh, t-shirts out there uh and of course there's lots of cool designs uh there is the og chair shot shirt multiple always use your head chair shot worldwide for anyone who's a big fan of patrick O'Dad or tag team wrestling you can get the uh, hashtag save tag team wrestling and of course the queen of soft style shirt is also available at pro forward slash the chair shot Again, it's super easy to order. It just takes a few minutes. And not only are you going to be supporting thecheershot.com, a great website for wrestling news analysis and opinions, but you're going to be looking dang cute at the same time. I mean, look at it. Look, I mean, I'm, I, I wear it all the time. It just goes with all my outfits. Uh, <laughs> it goes with my hair, even my makeup. So, I mean, like, it, it truly is a multifaceted shirt. So, Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your chair shot t-shirt today. I lie, I cheat, I steal. I just want to point out, so there's two weeks in a row now where you have sported a chair shot t-shirt as the queen of soft style and said shirt was not in soft style. No, last week's shirt was in soft style. Oh, you just got altered. Okay, that's what it was. Yes, yes. I was so yes, focused on the alteration part of it that that I, I forgot about the fact no, that it was in soft this style. this is a fit, women's fitted, um, so it's still fairly comfortable. Oh, I'm sure. Um, it's just it's, it's you know it just is. a little bit different. Where I don't need to get it altered, but I do have uh, another shirt I'm about to get altered. I have it ready to go uh, to the tailors because you know it's cool when you can kind of customize your own t-shirts like that. Uh, of course, you can customize through ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, again, you can order in different colors in different styles but there's other ways that you could do it and you know for me i just i'm not very good with a pair of scissors so i sometimes spend the extra money for someone else to you know cut it up for me why not why not be comfortable it's a chair shot shirt it deserves that kind of attention and yeah um i'm down i'm down 100 so prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot patrick o'dowd not here this week however the bandwagon nerds train goes on. And this week, uh, Big Dave and DPP were kind of left their own devices. We thought they would do the show on their own. However, they apparently couldn't because they had to call in Dave's wife, Kayleen. They took a look at, at a lot of good things. Um, just some movie dates that have shifted around. They continued their review of Amazon Prime's The Boys. This week was episode four. They also kind of went into Zach Taylor's Just or Zack Snyder. Excuse me, not the... Not, not a football coach, but a, a movie director. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League talked about some d- difficult video games. 
got on the topic of last week's nerd review, which was Blazing Saddles, a comedy classic, uh, and then the comic spotlight actually made a return as they looked at two uh, comic book characters, some of the most powerful and complex characters in all of comics, Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. So support bandwagon turds. Even though Patrick's not on it this week, maybe that entices you more to want to listen. Maybe it entices you less to want to listen. I don't know, but no, no Patrick there. He's there in spirit, I'm sure. However, that can be found over at thechairshot.com. So head on over to thechairshot.com, and you can check out the latest edition of Bandwagon Nerds. So go out there and check it out. Why not? It's always good stuff. Good stuff to check out. So, all right. So I, I don't have a song to transition to this next thing because I, I don't know. Usually the songs are festive and fun, and and this topic isn't. I'll be a hundred percent honest with everybody. Like this is, um, this is just kind of real stuff. Uh, not even a whole ton of stuff planned out, but it's also something we can't ignore. As everybody knows from listening to these shows. We talk about real things. We spent so much time talking about the coronavirus, like last week's edition, the hashtag Miranda Show. Of course, now we're officially a COVID hotspot here in the state of Arizona, breaking records, the kind of records you don't want to break every single day. Today that we record we're not, this, we're not a, good example. a new a new one-day high. Uh, so, yeah, just not – not. I looked over to see if I have one of my masks sitting here with me, but I don't. It's over by my keys. Um, I keep one in the car, too. I get Mask City in this place. It's a whole bag of them. Uh, in fact, i got to show you a mask. Uh, I have something to show you that I keep forgetting, and yeah, maybe maybe we'll t- during the commercials I'll go grab it. Who knows? But um, yeah, so we're going to talk about a, a completely different topic, but still very real. Something that happened in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, by now, unless you're living under a rock, you know about it, and uh, that is of course the hashtag speaking out movement. Uh, the hashtag speaking out movement has taken the wrestling world by storm. Uh, if you don't know what it is, you know, go on Twitter. Pop in the hashtag speaking out. Um, basically, uh, it, unfortunately, it's about sexual predators and people in positions of power utilizing that power to get people to do things they don't want to do. Maybe they're being predatory. Maybe they're grooming. There's just a lot of things that have come out, and, and it's it's basically become a systemic problem in wrestling that's been going on for a while, and people have um, – let it happen and, and and really let it go. So um, I don't think I'm doing the best job of describing it, Miranda. Maybe you want to fill in some of the blanks that, that I'm not doing the greatest job with, and then we'll just talk about it. No, yeah. So it, it's a movement that that started last week, um, utilizing the hashtag speaking out um, in which – uh, people associated with the pro wrestling industry, independent wrestling, both men and women, um, posting and sharing their experiences with a range of um, uh, a range of experiences related to harassment, assault, um, lewd behavior. Um, I mean, I- anything that had made them feel uncomfortable. It's even grown into just you know bullying. Um, uh, whether it was in a locker room environment, training environment, and both men and women sharing their experiences. Some were fairly recent, others, um, it's been stories that they've held on to for many years. And it's really been an outlet uh, and a way for people to express uh, not only their feelings about their own experience and sharing and in a very important manner, some are really graphic and detailed um, with the harassment and, and assault. And unfortunately, in some cases, even rape. And, uh, and sharing that, uh, not only their experiences of that personally, but um, 
feelings that they've expressed regarding not feeling supported in the community. Some people who've tried to share their stories earlier and felt like it wasn't being taken seriously. Was it um, that maybe those who have hurt them were being more and better protected than, than they were um, scenarios of people who were no longer able to work with a certain company because um, when they spoke out, they, you know, were retaliated against. It, it's a lot of layers to these stories and it's been, um, I would say snowball, but not, not necessarily in a bad way. I think it's been one where as people have been able to share their experiences, more people have been able to feel comfortable sharing their experiences. And there's still a population of people who haven't yet shared their experiences as well. Um, and there does seem to be a lot of support just for anyone, you know, who isn't ready yet. That's okay. Just to know that there is a community uh, here to accept them and, and welcome them, welcome them and, and support them whenever they are ready. But it, it's a myriad uh, of things that I think the Speaking Out movement has really done. But at the core of it, it's a lot of people sharing terrible, horrific experiences, uh, their own experiences in, in professional wrestling um, that have led them to be hurt both physically and mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And, and I mean, <sighs> It sucks. Like, there's really not a better way to put it. Like, it's terrible. Um, not terrible that it's coming out. It's it's great that it's coming out. It's terrible that it happened. It's terrible that it happened for so long. And it's terrible that a lot of people let it happen. And it just, it, it's painful. Um, it, it's, you know, your heart goes out to those individuals. And, and it just, it's almost kind of hard to not feel some level of responsibility when you may have heard things, you may have known about things. And it just wasn't you know, it just wasn't talked about it wasn't nothing was done about it and so it got worse and we let it get worse and and it's just you know and I'm gonna rant and ramble if I don't be careful but it, it just yeah it really stinks and and it just it, it makes me angry it makes me uh, I was I think what I tweeted on Thursday before I recorded something that we might bring up is that I was ashamed I was ashamed to be part of this business I was ashamed to, to have anything to do with it because it, it's, it had gone on for so long, uh, and we let it happen and we didn't stop it and we weren't putting focus on it. Um, but you know, 2020 is the year that we're doing these things. I mean, with civil rights movement that, that it really came to light that, you know what, it's not what we thought it was. At least when I say we talking about white dudes and, and, and it's, you know, we, we take things for granted and this is the same thing too. You know, we're as white dudes, we're the least likely party to suffer from this. And yet we're the ones put in positions because it's passed down from generation to generation to make decisions and we're not making the right kind of decisions. So the time is now and, and it's time to speak up. It's time to be a part of it and it's really time to, to fix this. And that's kind of where, where I look, um, to see what can we do to fix it. And, and so that's sort of my, getting ahead of myself but it just in terms of reaction to what's happened which is actually what's on our rundown for the first point uh i'm sad i'm angry i'm frustrated and i'm done i'm not done with the business i'm done with this aspect of the business continuing to happen which means we've got to do something about it you can't say you're done and not do anything about it but in terms of my reaction to what happened i'm done totally done yeah well i, I want to talk about your reaction because you you recorded an episode of Driving with DeMarco and you shared it with me first. You said, listen to it because I want to know what you think of this. 
And I wasn't sure you hadn't given me any pretext as to what the show was about. You just said, hey, can you listen to this? Which at first I thought, sure, we do that pretty often when we have an idea or something, you know, shooting it off each other uh, and seeing, you know, is this, is this a viable idea? So when I actually started to listen to it, I could automatically sense your what you were about to say because you were fairly, you were livid. You were pretty upset about the... The, the everything that had happened is all the stories that you had read, everything that you had heard about uh, people that you had, you know, at one point, I'm sure either respected as a professional wrestler, um, as a talent, um, hearing these stories from people in this accumulation and how it relates to people in your own life, your family, your friends, all of that. It was something that I kind of, I smiled and I cried at the same time. And I told you this because it was really refreshing to hear someone talk about this in the context of, you know, as someone who works in wrestling in multiple ways. He talked about running the chair shot, you know, being a leader uh, uh, and really putting everything behind the scenes with the Lucha Central Podcast Network, you know, being a promoter here, uh, all the things that you do and all the things you've done. And having such a large role in, in professional wrestling, but also, you know, not seeing or not knowing or just the, the fact that this, all of this, you know, was just coming to light. I could hear just this, the sadness and anger in your tone about it and how it could easily impact people that you care about. Um, and I know for you, it's just beyond your friends and family. It's the people that you work with. It's as a promoter, you know, as you bring people into the fold, you want to have a safe environment where everyone feels comfortable and people can trust each other. And, you know, that now all of this puts everything in wrestling to question, you know, the promotions who hire people, the the people who stayed silent, the people who didn't know, um, the people who were hurt. Um, and the fact that they didn't feel comfortable enough to speak. I mean, it, I know this goes a little bit beyond your reaction, but I'm curious as to what motivated you to, to record that? Like, what was the, what was that behind? Because I, I, you couldn't have, you could have decided not to record it, but instead you did and, and ultimately release it. Um, I, I'm very curious about that, that process. Um, well, I was mad. Um, and, and, Last week was crazy, and so I wasn't really on Twitter that much, and so I wasn't on there that day. I started getting messages. Are you seeing this stuff? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then finally I decided to go check it out, and I put out this tweet, that, and I talk about it in the episode that you're referring to. It's also going to be in the edition of the Greg DeMarco show that's coming out, uh, or that is out by the time you listen to this. I'm going to include it there as well. But I put out a tweet, and it was just like I wished – I basically said, you know, I didn't – I wasn't going to log on Twitter. I did. I wish I hadn't. And then I immediately followed up with that, and I was like, no. No, I don't wish I hadn't because that's saying I didn't want to know about it, right? That's saying I, I, I not logging on Twitter doesn't make mean it didn't happen. And so by me saying I wish I hadn't logged on to Twitter is me saying I wish I didn't know about this. And that's been the problem all along is that we chose not to know about these things. We chose to ignore them. We chose to push them off to the side. And so for me, it was like, okay, what can I do? Because it's... And I think the civil rights stuff that we've talked about previously, it's basically it's, it's moved. It's moved to a point of it's no longer okay just to be upset about it. It's now – it's only okay if you're doing something about it. And 
And so it's like, I can be mad about this, but what can I do about it? And, and I appreciate the platform that, that I have, the platform that was given to me when I started writing a form on Mania almost 10 years ago and that has grown into this and, and that I have some form of credibility, right? For better or for worse. You know, we talk about, we joke about ego and we joke about whatever, but I do have some form of credibility and I'm lucky to have that. And so how can I use that? Cause I, I can't take it for granted. So I was just like, I'm going to record something, right? This is what I do. I write. And I talk. I mean, we've talked about that before too. Like writing is, is what I am. It's, it, it's, it's who I am. It's what I do. So I was like, I'm just going to record something. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to record something. So I did. And I just kind of started talking. I mean, if you listen to it, like, starts off kind of, I listened to it for the first time today. I haven't listened to it since I recorded it. And. Oh, really? Okay. No, I just recorded That's it. Had I known, I might have, <laughs> I might have doctored the audio a little bit because I was in the car, but I talk about that. It's, it's, it's yeah. in the style of driving with DeMarco. So. I, um, and I didn't list it as driving with DeMarco. I just listed it as Greg DeMarco because it's, I wanted to be very clear what it was. And it's me. And by the way, if you weren't listening when Patrick dropped my real name, you should listen to this because I drop it there too. Cause it was me as a oh, person too. Yeah. Like it's me. Yeah. And, and you've talked about this. Like it, it's, you know, Greg DeMarco and the other guy were the same person. Like it's not that different. I just, I can't do that. I'm not a character. Uh, you know, neither are you. And it's really, I just wanted to give out something real. I was heated. It was in the moment. And I knew if I waited, it might be different. And so it was kind of the only opportunity to be fully real, fully, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at right now. And, and I was heated. I, I was livid. And, and I guess if you listen to it, you'll learn like, there's like loud angry and then there's quiet angry. And I was quiet angry and quiet angry is worse. Um, and, quiet and, angry is always worse. Let's just get yeah, that out of the way. That's true. Yeah, quiet right. angry is always worse. I think no matter who you are, like the silence of of anger is way harsher than yeah. someone who's just, you know, out there and loud and whatnot. And it kind of snuck under the radar because I really didn't start hearing about it till today, which is Tuesday when we're recording this, even though I really hit Sunday. People, I started getting messaged. People were like, oh, I listened to that. That's, it's crazy. It's great or it's insane or, or it was just, and it just, and they all said it like felt raw and it felt real. And that's what it was. And, and because it's so different than anything I've ever done, that's why I was like, is this, should I put this out there? I don't even know. And so that's why I, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I got people I can ask. And, I'm glad I did. I'm going to re-promote it a little bit because now that it's kind of gaining some traction, I want people to listen to it. But it's just one person's thoughts um, and and anger and frustration and just feeling that it has to stop, but we've got to do something about it. It's, it's just not enough to say it has to stop anymore. We have to do something to make it stop and, and to make sure that people know that it's not okay. So it was just my real reaction. You know, I talked about different things. And and one thing I want to talk about, it, it's so, and I was talking about this with somebody else who writes for the chair shot who doesn't have um, a sister, doesn't have, um, really doesn't really have a, a, a spouse, doesn't have a daughter, doesn't even have like a super close female friend. Um, and, and so they kind of couldn't relate a little bit, but it's just like when you have those things, it's different. When, when you have those elements in your life, that anger is just a completely different source because it's so much closer. Like you realize you could wake up tomorrow to a text message, to a phone call, to a crying face. And, 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 and that's just real because that's the world that we've allowed to exist. And when it's that close to you and, and it's, it's hard to not make it about yourself, right? Cause it shouldn't be about me because I've never had that happen to me. And there's a pretty good chance it will never will happen to me. Um, 
you know, unless it's somebody bigger and stronger than me. And, and it's, so there's a good chance it won't happen, but it's, and, and there's the part of my nature, which is in there as well. And, and Miranda will laugh, but I'm kind of overprotective at times. And, and I do, uh, this is who I am and you got to know who you are and you got to be that. And so that factors into the anger. So it really is just my perspective, but it's so different when you have women that are close to you. And I referenced three during, during that recording. And it's just, it makes it so much more real because you're like, okay, what if this happened? And, and I almost lost it at one point. I was like, if you do this, I was like, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen because. He did. Yeah. He, he specifically pointed out if anybody messes with your people, your family, your friends that you wouldn't, you know, like. I was like, that I'm not going to say what I would do. Visceral angle almost came out because of yeah. the fact that, you know, you couldn't say it. But I mean, the fact that you even stated that and right. that's not you know the, the greg that even when we see or, or listen to you know uh we don't see that part so that also means you know it really it really hit you in a place where you know you truly did think about how this is you know how this could impact uh your friends and your family and people that you care about and also that anger about you know not being I, I wouldn't say that I don't think you did anything a, about it because I, I feel like I know if you knew or if you were if you seen it that you would. But I think for a lot of people, it's the fact that maybe we didn't see it or we ignored it or uh, in a lot of cases with some of these bigger names that are out there, you know, thought, oh, no, you know, just discrediting people's stories. And that's where I think there's that responsibility that lies with with all of us. And anytime any of us did that to minimize anyone's experiences and going back exactly to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and this month with LGBTQ experiences, minimizing someone's experience because you don't understand it or you've never gone through it, that is just as worse uh, then, then, you know, one, one of the worst reactions you can have because you're not empathizing with them just because you haven't lived it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. So I, I think that that is also a hard pill to, to swallow. Um, when you think about if there was any way that you may have minimized someone else's experience and trauma. And I know I did. That's the part that ate at me, right? I've heard about things. I knew about things and, and you hear, and I named some of them during, during the recording, but that's what eats me up. Cause like I would continue to cover these people. I would continue to have them on as guests. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it was just, it, it, again, I allowed myself to live in this little bubble, allowed myself to be like, okay, we're and and everyone else did too, right? There's so many, if you look at the reactions, there's so many people that were like, oh, I heard this. Oh, I heard that. You know, there's a lot of that out there for a lot of these people. And and no one did anything about it. And, and a lot of women that were saying, I tried to speak up before and nobody would listen. And it's just, and, and men too. I don't mean to say it's just women, although the vast majority are women. That's just a fact. The vast majority of people who are victims are women. The vast majority of people who are perps are men. Like that's just a fact. Um, and, and so I'm not trying to, to ignore the other side, but when we talk about the majorities and the numbers, that's where they do lie. And, and we ignored it. I interviewed Joy Ryan twice after I heard a story about Joy Ryan. Um, I, I've interviewed some of the other ones. I was a huge fan of certain people. We talked about Marty Skrull on this show and in great detail. And, and then huge thing comes out about him and now more than one. And it's just, and it just keeps coming and keeps coming. And, you know, the Matt Riddle one, which is crazy today, I think came out about Austin Theory and a 13 year old. Like it's just nuts. 
and and it and it just hasn't stopped. And I don't know when it's going to stop. Um, the next bullet point that we have uh, pulling the curtain back, so you know we're reading off a word document, right? Is reaction to the reaction because this got me too. Because on, on Thursday, it, it was probably within the first or second comment, someone's like, "Well, where's your proof?" And I'm just like, that's just fucking idiotic. Like, where's your proof? Okay. Most of these things happen between two people in private. So to ask for proof, to be like, well, there's no proof, that's just, what proof do you expect there to be? Like that, and and, and to think that someone would lie and, and make it up. I, I And look, people are going to say it happens. And look, I, I know it happens, right? I've heard about cases where it happens. But I'm going to tell you right now. This is a generous number, but I'll tell you, 1% of the time it might happen. Like it doesn't really, it's not that prevalent to where there's false accusations of this because it, it's, it hits home, especially for women who are the ones who make most of the accusations. Because if it hasn't happened to you as a woman, you probably know somebody who it has happened to. And so you're probably going to be less likely to make a false accusation because it would eat at you. And, and, and sure, there's people capable of, there's people capable of everything in this world, but, um, but that reaction just pissed me off so much. Like, well, you know, where's the proof? Like, bro, I don't know what you expect. And and why would someone come out? It, it might have taken someone years to come out with their story. And the first thing they see is where's your proof? Like, that's just insane. Um, well, I, I smirk a little bit because you did talk about it. And it's um, not here to... Uh, insinuate that there is one population that's responsible for, you know, uh, the, the, these reactions to reactions. But you talked about, you know, the social economic and the actual just general patriarchy that we have. In it's society. white dudes. I'll say it. It's white it's, dudes. Yeah, it's white dudes. It's white dudes, you know. And the fact that I feel like I have to be sensitive enough, it's because I've already had you know my own interactions with with dudes just viscerally attacking me for my own but fuck point them. Of view. like seriously like and, and i said at the time i was like yeah. who cares you know and because they ain't but, worth but it that's also just more of a of a reaction and, and what i'm trying to also show is that how you have a reaction even if it's from a few people how that sometimes can influence a person's desire to want to share you know, and, and this wasn't even just sharing a personal experience. This was sharing, you know, a political or a social idea that I had and people would come at me. So if that's already the case on just something unrelated to something like a sexual harassment or assault or bullying or anything predatory, I'm going to be way less likely because I don't want people to come at me with insults, with threats, with people minimizing my experience, people calling me a liar. You know, that is already such a hurtful experience. And absolutely, it's I, I can imagine only how painful it is to publicly share such a private experience for people to read. That's why you have people who are anonymous because I don't want you to know my name and then also know that something like this happened to me because then you are tied to that experience forever. Even though you may be working on addressing it, uh, you know, dealing with it, you know, just, just processing the experience, other people are going to associate that with you for possibly the rest of your life. And that's so traumatizing in and of itself that it's so much easier to not share it, to not talk about it, because then people won't know and they don't look at you differently and they don't 
you know, even judge you or disrespect you or call you names online because as much support as someone gets, even one or two people or a handful of people that come at you to disrespect you, to minimize your experience, to call you a liar, to defend the person who's hurt you, that in and of itself is way worse and uh, so much harder to handle than a hundred people supporting you. And that's just also the balance that we see in social media in general, that for every 100 positive comments, if we have one or two negative comments, that's going to stick with us. And that's exactly what I, I believe, you know, happens a lot with people who share their experiences in an online setting or in general, even if they're just sharing with friends and family, you never know how people are going to react. And so there is an absolute of fear in sharing these experiences. And yeah, you know, there are especially men who are just going to say, I don't believe it. I don't see the proof. There's people who lie about it all the time. Where are these, you know, people who, why aren't women getting prosecuted for lying? And you're absolutely right as far as the percentage of that actually happening. And there's actually more men, more people who get off the hook after they've actually assaulted and hurt someone then there are false claims. And that's a, that's absolutely a fact. There's a higher percentage of people who have assaulted and hurt someone. And through whatever process, whether, whether they, maybe there wasn't enough evidence to even get arrested. Maybe they got through trial and they weren't um, found guilty. You know, maybe even they were, but the, the punishment was so light that it didn't justify the horrific crime that they've made. That is more likely to happen than someone lying about an experience. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because we can't control that, right? We can't control what the legal system does. We can't control if someone's found guilty or not guilty. And that's where you have the proof and that's where you have whatever. But I think people are realizing, and if they're not, they need to realize, we got more power than that now. Like, like we got the ability to cancel. And... And I have been kind of against that for the longest time. And I talk about this too. It's a good thing I listened to this today because I realized all the stuff I said. <laughs> it's good um, that you listen to your own show so you could talk about it. Because it literally all came out and I was like done recording. And then I sat on it for like two days and I was like, Miranda, listen to this. And <laughs> let me know if I should actually release it. Um, and thankfully you said yes. Because uh, I just said no, I probably wouldn't have. But it's, you know, it's, we have the ability to cancel. And I've been against it, but now I'm not against it. Like I get it. And I think we need to take that. That's the power we do have. People feel so powerless sometimes. What can we do? Well, we, we have the ability to say no. We have the ability to say we're not going to support somebody. We have the ability to say we're not going to tolerate them being at a wrestling show. We're, we're not going to watch the product that they're a part of. We have all of those abilities at our disposal, and now more than ever, we need to take full advantage of those and use them so that people will realize this isn't okay. There are consequences. We this this um, you know you may not get thrown in jail, but you can't make a living doing wrestling anymore. You can't wrestle. You can't be in a locker room. And if you show your face anywhere near it, that face will probably never look the same again. And and Ooh, that's boy. you know mm-hmm. that's the truth. Like I, I would say, don't try. Like no, no. I feel like there's also this mentality too uh, when it comes to some of the reactions of oh, so and so is so good. They're you know they're going to be back on the scene in a year. No. Or you know what? Some promoter will try and bring them on, and you know that what? will happen. Unfortunately, I feel like there's going to be some dumbass out there who does. You know, mm-hmm. I think there absolutely they will they, because we've already seen al- already how promotions already swept a lot of this stuff under the rug. Because um, promoters were a part I, of it. 
Yeah, because because they were a part of it. So absolutely, I could see someone bringing out, you know, maybe, and I don't know, I, I but I, I wouldn't be surprised because it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Because we've already seen and heard of other stories, and you know, now and some of them were already caught called out online and maybe again they were brushed under the rug but now this particular movement has allowed people to actually be able to share mm-hmm. their experiences and have a wider audience that actually is able to believe their stories and companies and individuals believe these experiences and believe that they actually happened and believe people were actually hurt mm-hmm. uh, to the point where now there's going to be these you know I think and, and I know we'll talk about it some you know bigger changes happening within the industry but you know, at the same time, we've we've seen it already, just in historical purposes. That you know, there's there's been legends that have had mm-hmm. lots of stories and experiences shared for for many years, and you know, no one did anything. And, and no one did anything. No one did anything. And now we are, thankfully. You know, now we are. Um, I, I did list a name, and I'm not singling this person out because I'm I'm using this person as an illustration, basically. And and I want to say that now because I'm not trying to say this person's the worst, though it's going to seem like it with the information that we're going to share. Um, but it's just an example of how people react and respond to this and, and what they do in the long run. And that's a guy by the name of Joey Ryan. Um, Joey Ryan is one that I may named in, in, in the mini episode that I did, and Joey Ryan is one that came out. And at this point, on Tuesday when we record this, he has over 15 allegations against him with with this and the reason why i chose him isn't because of the 15 allegations it's because of everything that goes along with it there's even more people who are coming out not to defend him not to say he would never do this but they are in shock and these are people that were close to him right candace LeRae, who who is of course married to johnny gargano but they were the world's cutest tag team for a long time they traveled together around the world and she had no idea that he had been doing this stuff he was really close with Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and the Elite, and he was featured in multiple episodes of being the Elite. They had no they were they were blindsided. Now, I've had people I, I got a text message earlier today that said, Do you believe Candace LeRae? And I do. Because I can't imagine her sweeping that under the carpet. And and, you know, I can't say the I can't give you the same percentage that I'm sure about the guys that are involved in it. I just can't. And that's maybe that's unfair. It is what it is, right? That's just what wrestling has shown me and has taught me. But the crazy thing is, is that he's managed to do this so much and it not really come out that 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 often, that big, um, the number of allegations. Eric Watts is, is a pro wrestler in California, um, was on Tough Enough a couple of years ago and, and never really got past the independent level. Literally put out a Twitter, Facebook post, and all it said was, I can't believe I spent so much time working with a monster. Like, he had no idea. She just didn't know about it. That's how good Joey Ryan was at masking this. Um, you know, he was married for a while. He got divorced over a year ago. Of course, he went viral with, with the dick flip, and and it just all kind of went. And people were like, oh, of course, the guy who does a dick flip. This guy, It's not what this is about. It doesn't, you know, the finishing move, whatever, how stupid it is. It's not what this is. And I don't want people to make it about that. But that someone that... That big of a star, he was a big star, like it or not, someone who traveled the world, someone who had tons of access, tons of everything, and tons of eyeballs on them, managed to keep this quiet, and people didn't want to talk about it. And I'm sure people that did spoke up 
were met by claims and reactions of Joey Ryan would never do that. Joey Ryan this, Joey Ryan that. And again, people were minimizing the claims and were minimizing what the, the folks were going through. And that's not good either. Um, and Joey Ryan, had, according to him, had been going to counseling for this and still continued to do these actions while he was in counseling. And another reason why I use Joey Ryan as an example is because in the past in wrestling, we've had this notion that, you know, everyone deserves a chance to get better. Everyone deserves an opportunity to, to heal, to change, to improve, and, and, and perform. And, and I think what we're getting away from, what I want us to get away from, is everyone does deserve the opportunity to get better. They don't deserve the opportunity to continue to do this while they get better, or if at all. And I know Joey Ryan, and he put out a preemptive strike. Like when this all started coming out, he brought up being in counseling, and he was ashamed of things he did before. But that didn't help at all because then the floodgates opened because um, it's like he was better off saying nothing. Now he's gone, right? You can't find him on any form of social media. His promotion, bar wrestling, shut down. Like people are trying to erase him from history, which doesn't really work. But uh, you can't even find a bar wrestling well, video yeah. anywhere. Like, he he gone. got fired from, from Impact. his job at yep. Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't have gotten to that level if there wasn't uh, enough substantial proof whether it was you know multiple people whether it was maybe people speaking out finally and sharing you know not maybe not their personal experiences but what they may have seen and heard mm-hmm. uh and i think you i've talked to several people about this because i do uh, agree that the uh, uh, one of the biggest online reactions for joey has been more you know i didn't i didn't know i didn't see mm-hmm. this coming um that and and you're right i think that there is a a, a bit of a population out there, especially the non-wrestling fan, I think, that looks at his persona and saying, wait, what? You didn't think anything was wrong with that? You didn't right. think a guy who takes a, a lollipop out of his trunks and to gives it to fans like there was nothing wrong with that? Whereas in wrestling fans, it was, oh, it's a gimmick. It's, you know, it, it's so funny and he gets it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, that's not really him in, in real life. So I think that that's also something as fans that you were distinguishing, trying to distinguish a character and a person. Right. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, it, not to say that one maybe influenced the other, but that he, there wasn't, uh, he wasn't as maybe innocent uh, in, in personality. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, what he was doing as we all thought. Um, and I think it's because he was fairly well-spoken. I think that was always surprising when he would do interviews. I remember when I, uh, was at uh, the Hard to Kill kind of press junket in uh, Dallas um, in January. He was one of the people that we spoke with uh, and asked him lots of questions about his career and, you know, how he's able to balance all of these things on independent wrestling and also with impact. And he's very articulate, very well-spoken. You can see he wasn't, you know, Joey Ryan that was talking with, with us um as as journalists and and from different news websites was not the person that we saw in the ring right and so it was already that you know uh that compartmentalization of personalities um but and so i think that's why it's just for a lot of people it's still a shock because everything that was presented as you know there's one person who's a wrestler and then you have this other person who's you know the person however uh, you know it seems to this it's all point, a ruse it was just all yeah, just hiding some uh, very unfortunate, terrible aspects uh, yeah. of his life and, and what he was doing to, to people um, for years. Yeah, and it's crazy. 
The point I want to get at is Joey Ryan can go get better. That's fine. But Joey Ryan's going to have to go work at Target while he gets better or go find another job. He can't get better while he's doing this. He can't do this wrestling while he's getting better. And maybe he can never do wrestling again. I don't know how the world's going to react. I know he could never do wrestling for me, but I'm just one person. Right? I can't control uh, what happens in, in there in the future. Uh, we've kind of talked about our individual perspectives already, so I don't want to beat on that too much. But I guess the big question is what, what do we do? It's this one of the things that has completely changed in 2020, changed with Black Lives Matter, and it's changing now. Is it's it's we get mad, it trends, but then we realize, okay, now we have to do something. We can't just. It's not enough to get mad, and we have shifted in. As I was talking about before, it true. It used it used to be a saying in the past, but now it's real. You're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem at this point. So if you're not doing something to fix it, you are part of the problem at this point. So uh, a big question comes up is, is what do we do about this? And I know for me, uh, a couple things that I can speak to already. Um, uh, there's actually a, a group that's being started up. I don't even have the official name of it. Um, but, but Emily May, who does videos for the chair shot is the one behind it. And so we're going to help out with that and uh, promote it and, and do some of that. I'm putting together a t-shirt probably that we can put out for the chair shot and anything, any money that t-shirt makes, we're, we're going to, you know, find an organization to give it to and, and make sure that that ends up in the right hands while people can still go out there and try to show that they want to do better. Um, and, and do better might be a key part of that shirt. As I say, do better. Um, it's also, you know, uh, I we have a show, right? And and we can choose who we talk about. We can choose what we cover. We can choose what promotions we throw away behind. We can choose uh, who we have as guests in the future. All that stuff. We can choose what topics we, we, we cover with those guests. I run a wrestling promotion. I can choose who I book. I can choose what we do. I can tell you right now, I had this conversation yesterday. The next IZW event currently scheduled for, for late August, you know, hoping, you know, fingers crossed, everything goes well with, with the COVID and everything else. By the time that date happens, there will be a code of conduct in place for anyone at an IZW show. That's a wrestler. That's a staff member. That's a fan. That's everybody. That's 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 me. That's Miranda. That's anybody in the ring. That's anybody in the crowd. That's, that's anybody selling food. That's anybody selling tickets. It's everybody there. We'll have a set code of conduct, and it's not going to be lenient. It's not going to be. There's going to be a lot of things we got to worry about in August. We got to worry about the code of conduct. We got to worry about people's, you know, health and safety. There's a lot of things you got to worry about to pull this off, but we will. Uh, but that's going to be in place, and and you know, we've already kind of, I already have formed a group of people with a chair shot to to help advise on things that come up and happen with what happened a few weeks ago, and, and now that's in place. And so, uh, and obviously, we're going to talk about those things and push those things. So, that's hopefully. Just the tip of the iceberg because it's time. Uh, you know, maybe it's being cooped up in the house all the time. Maybe it's one thing on top of the other. But I do get a sense that people are ready to do something and to do better. And so I think it's time. And so from my perspective, that's the answer to what do we do now. Yeah. I have three kind of steps uh, when I think about this. Um, and this is more of kind of a introspective process, but I do think that change starts with, with ourselves. Um, and again, a, a lot of these individuals who share their experiences, um, either tried to share them before, maybe were scared to share them for whatever reason, this all came out 
uh, all, all together for a reason. So I feel like if we start taking some individual responsibility, that will already help create better environments, better locker rooms, better promotions, just a better environment, even a digital environment, better podcasts, better news outlets that help create a, a more positive environment for professional wrestling. And the first step is to listen, you know, not only as, as hard as it may be to read and listen to these stories, it's important because to know that it exists, I think it's so easy to put on blinders and to cover our eyes because there's so much terrible shit in the world. Every single day we live in a pandemic, you know, people are losing their jobs. People aren't sure what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, there's so many things happening, but it's important to listen, to not put those blinders on, to read, to learn about these experiences or listen to someone who's had an experience and how it made them feel and what happened. Cause that's the only way we can really understand the gravity of this situation is by listening and, and, trying to build empathy. Like I mentioned in the beginning, it's so easy to minimize someone's experience. These reactions to reactions, you know, not taking it seriously is because you're not truly empathizing with someone. You're not putting yourself in their shoes to see what it may feel to to even have an ounce of the experience that they've had. And also listen to them when they say things make them comfortable or uncomfortable. You know, a lot of these stories talk about uh, sometimes not any physical harm, but verbal, emotional, because of horrible things that were said to them, things that were meant to degrade them, to make people feel terrible about themselves, about their abilities. Um, So also listening to things that are okay to say and what's not okay to say. What is absolutely not okay to say? I mean, uh, a big example is what happened with Sammy Guevara over the past few days. You know, like that is not okay to say that in any capacity to to sexually assault anybody. And of course, in a joking manner, like that's even worse. You know, you you don't want to do that. So listen, find not only to the stories and experiences, but listen about what people are saying is not okay to say. And then reflect. And that goes back to kind of that personal responsibility. Reflect seeing, you know, have you ever been in a situation that has made you feel uncomfortable? I think too, that's been my biggest takeaway from here is I get so wrapped up in being in this, this world and doing my job that I don't know if I've truly ever processed, you know, if I've ever really had an experience, I, I can positively say that I've met way more good people in this business. And I have amazing friendships and people who do truly care about me as an individual who have reached out to me just to check that I'm okay. But I think sometimes we get so wrapped up and busy in our own world that I'm not sure if something did was said to me, if I actually, if the gravity of it sank in to say, you know what, that wasn't okay to say to me. I'm not sure. Um, And it's also important for us to reflect and think about maybe things that we have said or we have done to help continue this culture, whether we didn't stand up for someone, whether we let these terrible jokes slide uh, or, or ignored them, you know, or supported people who don't need our support anymore. Really reflect on that, what you've done and what you haven't done. And then act, make those changes, you know, be that advocate or, or be that person, you know, and, and whether it is making sure you, you want to listen and reaching out to people to, just 
you know, listen to their experiences. If you're going to shows, you know, being more mindful about what you say or, or how you interact with people, uh, you know, being more mindful about locker room environments, all of those things. I mean, that's how the change happens is through our actions and we can do it at all capacities, fans, you know, people who are performers and wrestlers, backstage roles, promoters, everybody has a place. Don't think that this is not your problem because if you are any of those things in professional wrestling, it is your problem. It is something that's going to impact you. So those are my three points. Listen, reflect, act. Yeah, I think it's it's very poignant. It's something that people need to remember. And, and you know, as there was no good way to go into this topic, there's really no good way to get out of this topic. So let's let's do better. Let's make sure this isn't, isn't the last time that we as a community talk about this. And let's make sure that we keep that going and that we do something. And we do something from the inside out, but that we definitely do something. So Do better. Yes, do better. And now we'll awkwardly transition. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Again, head over to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get that free month. That's right. It's normally six bucks a month, but you get a free month with the promo code chairshot over at powerslam.tv. Over 150 of your favorite promotions, one price, six bucks. Powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Masked Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. We heard none of that. No, you did not. I, I heard none of it. I'm, I'm dead serious. Well, because your buzzer was too loud. I, if you can hear me now and you heard me before, then you, I, I did it. 
Hang I'm on. not. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Quiet. But you're not. No, you're not. No, of course I'm not. That's not quiet. But no. I totally did it. If you could hear me, everything before I could. You can hear me now. Yeah. Then there was absolutely nothing wrong with my mic when I did the buzzer. It, it was just you were too loud. This is a female fury coming at you. I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. All right, next topic here on the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco. Super such good shit show. Six, pal. Talk about Zolf Zolf Diggler. Man, I screwed that up, didn't I, right? That's a hashtag right there. Zolf Diggler. Dolph Ziggler. Now on Raw. I like calling him Zolf Diggler. Oh, Zolf Diggler. Good old Zolf. Now on Raw, the in a trade that, that sent AJ Styles to SmackDown, Ziggler and Bobby Roode were sent over to Monday Night Raw. And, of course, we're immediately getting Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler for McIntyre's WWE Championship at Extreme Rules. And so I ask you uh, the opening question. What's better, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship at Extreme Rules or... Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, the rematch. <sighs> That's a good question because it's the only kind of questions we ask here are good questions. Yes, everyone. This is a good podcast and we only ask good questions. So if you're expecting anything less, get Not gonna out happen. of here. Uh, so I, I say that. Uh, so you, two scenarios, you know, whether we want to see uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley again, or you know, Dolph Ziggler or Drew, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. For me personally, I wasn't going to be mad if we got McIntyre Lashley too, because I still felt like there was more story to tell. Um, we've seen it evolve a little bit now with. Bobby uh, officially kind of separating himself from Lana. So that could have easily, you know, be a, another way to tell the story of, you know, now that Lana's out of the picture, can he truly defeat Drew McIntyre on his own? And obviously, you know, he, pr- he probably wouldn't have, but uh, I think that even the, what they built up so far has been pretty interesting. And it's, you know, one that we haven't seen before. So I don't mind seeing it again because it was fairly interesting to begin with. Uh, I do know that Ziggler and uh, McIntyre have a history and they've addressed that. Um, but all honestly, all honesty for this particular pay-per-view um, uh, coming up, um, which is uh, Extreme Rules, I would have been happy with a, uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley too. Dose. There you go again with the with the Spanish numbers. Look at that. Hey, you know. Says earlier. Now we have dose. This is also education, you know. Dose, by the way, D O S. I know Says was S E I S. I think right. S E I S was Says. Yes. Um, I so this is the fun part. We don't always do this. We get to disagree. That's exciting. So Hi. I know, right? So everybody's so excited. We this get to disagree. This is a super good shit pal show. Yes, man. What she said. Oh, Sace. <laughs> so I love the idea of Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre. Many believe this is probably supposed to be Ziggler or McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Um, but Jinder, of course, hurt uh, again. Does that hurt a little bit? Yeah. Uh, no. 
he'll get his chance. Uh, um, it, it, it's 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 a long, it's a marathon with Jinder, not a sprint. You know, I I, I was there. <laughs> sure. Day one ish. It's a marathon. Yep. Mahal. You know, I'm 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 in things for the long haul. Um, but no, I I think because Dolph Ziggler. Obviously, he's best as a heel. He's best as a heel who really sticks to the fans, and that's what he's doing with this. Uh, I think they're going to work great together. I think the match is going to be good. Uh, it, it's good. You know, McIntyre feuding with someone as small as Ziggler, I think, could be very entertaining from the way Ziggler bumps, the things he can do for Drew McIntyre. I think that's going to be uh, just a really fun scenario to watch. If Bobby Roode comes back, if travel is, is able to travel and he comes back, be part of the feud or maybe even get his own title shot even if it's just on a raw that could be very entertaining i think there's a lot that you could open up with drew mcintyre versus dolph ziggler so i am am actually i would pick this over over mcintyre versus bobby lashley too not to say we won't get mcintyre versus bobby lashley too we might uh one of the things that that this kind of new regime and bruce pritchard has shown is that you don't just go from pay-per-view to pay-per-view to pay-per-view do the match two or three times and it's over we've seen them do something, visit something else, and then go back to it. So, uh, th- you know, maybe Bobby Lashley gets a shot at SummerSlam. Maybe he gets a shot at, at whatever comes after this, if it's stomping grounds or whatever pay-per-view they do. So I don't necessarily know that that door is shut for Bobby Lashley um, to, to do that. I have seen, so so someone, this happened on Twitter, so that's why I got to explain it to you. But someone put out there that they're like, why is, I guess it's time for, for Dolph Ziggler's summertime title shot. Why is Dolph Ziggler always, you know, getting these opportunities? And there's really two answers to that question. To be 100% honest with you, there, there's two. Um, and, and so I want to make sure that both of those answers get adequate time, get, get adequate play, because it's very important that everybody hear both of them. Now I'm stalling because I'm trying to find something. And that something is, is eluding me right now. And I don't know where the hell it is. Where did you go? You know, where, why, I, I know. This notion of Dolph not, would you say, may, may, I don't know, is deserving the right word? Or just maybe that he's had too many chances? Um, is, lots is of people have had too many chances. Like lots of people have had too many chances to, to, to do something. Man, what is, where is the sound bite? That I want to play. Like, I'm just pulling back the curtain here um, because it's, yes. it's, you know, this is the problem, too, where, where you just never know. Like, that's not the one I want. That's a similar to the one that, the one that I want. That's not it. There's far too many um, mashups that I've made, uh, I'm realizing. The, the button is, bar has betrayed you. This is when you know you have a problem, Miranda. Like, this is when you know you guys are all watching at home. You guys are all witness to, to me not being able to find something that I want to find and, and what – um, what that means. I don't think this thing, I don't even think this thing has a search feature, which is really well, bothering so me. Maybe, and maybe you'll talk about, I'm still kind of stretching on what the fact that deserving means, because I feel like that in and of itself is such a, almost a complex, you know, thought of, you know, what about deserving it? Is it just that he hasn't had, he's had too many opportunities? Has he not done anything on the roster lately? Like define deserve because in all honesty, when you're thinking about all these matches that have come up, everyone that McIntyre has faced uh, over the past few months, like, you know, the, the level of deservingness is still feeling very subjective. What does anyone do to deserve anything in wrestling? Like really like short of winning a tournament, winning a Royal Rumble, Number one contender contender match. Those things are all kind of played out. I'm not saying the Royal Rumble's played out. That's not true. But it's once a year. Um, you can only do those things so many times before it's like, oh, here's this match, whatever. So telling a story, and they're telling a story with Dolph Ziggler. 
the story makes it matter. Plus, Drew McIntyre is a fighting champion. He's not a champion to duck a challenger. And if Ziggler comes out and says, I'm the one responsible for you being where you are, for Drew McIntyre, he's like, okay, well, I'll show you that you're not. And Ziggler's like, oh, you want to do that? Put up your title. McIntyre is a fighting champion. Of course he's going to. So it, it's, you know, we, we worry so much about being deserving. Um, but I'll tell you, there's two reasons why Dolph Ziggler deserves this opportunity. The first one is this. So that's reason number one why Dolph Ziggler deserves this opportunity. And that speaks for itself. Reason number two is something that I put out on Twitter and people are like lashing out against it. I said talent is why Dolph Ziggler deserves this opportunity. Uh, look at you breaking the internet. Right. I don't care. Uh, people are tired of Ziggler. I get it. Right. The dude can still go. I mean, mm -hmm. the dude can still work. He can still put on a great show. There's every reason in the world why Dolph Ziggler deserves the opportunity to challenge Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. It's going to be a good match. And it's so funny, too, because when people criticize WWE on pay-per-view, they're going to criticize match quality, right? That's one of the things that they're going to criticize. This is going to be good. Dolph Ziggler puts on good matches. Short of there being a really distracting clock that counts down during a, a, a you know, Iron Man match and everybody keeps buzzering every minute, you know, their buzzer, I can actually hear when they do it, but that's that, that, that's not a look on, this is why a video podcast is so good because they give me the look. Um, but Dolph Ziggler is good and Dolph Ziggler is going to deliver a great match with Drew McIntyre. Plus Ziggler might actually feel partially responsible because he was the one used to bring Drew McIntyre back and bring Drew McIntyre to raw. So that might actually motivate him to deliver in the ring even more. Um, and, and Dolph Ziggler has proven to be a great opponent. Like he was a great opponent for Kofi Kingston. He, he's, 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 he's great in the ring and people are just, I don't know. Like he's been doing this for a long time. He's crazy talented. I don't know how somebody could not be excited to see these two go at it uh, for the WWE Championship. So those are the big two reasons why I think Dolph Ziggler is deserving of this position, even though most of Twitter might disagree with me. Why do you think he is or is not deserving? I wouldn't say I don't think he is not deserving um, just because I had a, a slightly different preference of what I would see even first. I mean, I, this was something that once that trade happened with Ziggler on going to raw, that it absolutely made sense whether they did it right away or further down the line, because, you know, Ziggler's right. They do have a history when Drew came to uh, raw, I wouldn't say, you know, not, moving up on, on the roster, but when you move from NXT to raw, right. that was really the, the first big um, push he had was with, with Dolph Ziggler and uh, that whole, you know, Shawn Michaels, uh, diesel dynamic. Uh, every, anytime you have a, a small guy and a tall guy together, they're always just going to be framed as Shawn Michaels and diesel. But in this case, it's truly like, it made sense. It made a lot of sense. Um, and in some ways, I do feel like that initial run took a – it built, drew up pretty pretty well, but then it kind of fell off real quick. 
for him. So I think that there's a lot of history that they could absolutely address and they will address with that. And Ziggler is very focused when he does his heel work that he can be not only kind of campy and corny, but he can be very uh, logical in, in what he does and really think things out and really try and pull on whether it's insecurities or heartstrings or whatever on people. So I, that's one thing I, I greatly admire uh, about Dolph Ziggler as a character and why I think his character has been so successful for so long. It's because of the way that he can adapt to people and to programs fairly quickly. I can see it being that maybe he's so new on the raw roster and they haven't maybe established so much of that history. Maybe if they did that first and then built up uh, the story a little bit uh, more, maybe some fans would have been, it would have made more sense to them instead of just launching him right in. But I mean, if his story with Bobby Lashley is done, who else on raw could he feasibly face? I mean, when we talked about this a few months ago, uh, we, you know, who we said was going to be the perfect opponent for uh, for Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules, uh, someone who doesn't even wrestle right now, and that's Mark Henry. So that was what you. Know, that's right, that. I do. We're all about it. All about we it. All, oh gosh, this was the greatest idea we came up with, and I, I think we still claim that's still a really good one. Um, they should have me figured up. something out with that. However, they don't have a lot on the Raw roster right now. So it, it just kind of made sense to bring Dolphin to the, the fold if, you know, uh, if he's brand new to, you know, wh- what else are you going to do with your title picture? Because that is a, a big highlight of Monday Night Raw. You have to keep that story going. So it, it does make sense to, to launch straight into it. But I, I could see, I think, when anyone who has been on the roster for as long as Dolph, and you said you said it as well, you know, he's a great performer. It's just that people have seen him for so long, even though he comes in and out, people easily remember that he's fantastic and he's great. But, you know, if they feel like he stays too long, and again, that varies just by person, it's all subjective, but that uh, they get so used to him performing that, you know, they know it's going to be quality. So that automatically equates to boring. And that's not, that's really not the case. Uh, but I think for some fans, that's, that, that's sometimes where the logic is. It's, oh, I've seen this before. I know he's great. There's it's not anything that, that he's going to do to surprise me. So I'm not going to be interested. Ergo boring. Everyone is, is that. Like, you know what you're going to get out of almost everybody on the roster. Like, you know what you're going to get if it's Lashley. We've already seen the match. So it, it, that's kind of silly to think that, that you know, and not you thinking that, but other people. So let's, you know, we, we, we've done this before, right? Let's, let's have some fun with it. Percentage chance that Dolph Ziggler walks out of Extreme Rules as your new WWE champion. Uh, I'm going to say 2%. 2% chance. That's really low. 2% chance. I just, Vince loves Drew McIntyre, so I don't see him losing that. Maybe not especially to Dolph. Uh, I just, I just don't see this being the match he loses his, his title. I am, well, I'm higher than two percent chance i can tell you that right now i went and i wrote this down and i was, I was making some notes while you're talking i went 22 percent chance that dolph ziggler wins the wwe championship from drew mcintyre if he does i don't think he holds it very long i actually think heel ziggler rubbing this in the face of the fans 
could be very entertaining as a short-term WWE champion. Kind of like last year when Seth Rollins, um, you know, won the WWE chair or Universal, whichever one it was, from Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, lost it back to Brock Lesnar where? At Extreme Rules, and then won it back from him at SummerSlam. Again, like, like could history repeat itself? Probably not, but I would be down for it if it did, because I do think Ziggler would be very entertaining as a short-term WWE champion. And, you know, to piss off people even more, I think he deserves it. So I'm not picking Ziggler right now to win. I'm not going to go that crazy, but I would be okay if if Dolph Ziggler did that. So that is my take on whether or not that uh, could happen with, with Dolph Ziggler. So, if you're just joining us, this is the Hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco. Super good, such good shit show, pal, numero seis. And also, that means if you're just joining us, you missed a whole bunch of other stuff. So, you should go back and listen to that. Yeah. Uh, an, but An hour and 20 minutes worth of other stuff. Yes. Because this is a combination show. I mean, this wouldn't be a combination show if we didn't do uh, some things that we do on the Hashtag Miranda show. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit into that a a little bit later. But, uh, you know, this is a topic I wanted to talk about, which, again, that's what a a super such good shit show pal does is we, you know, share ideas and topics. and We go back and forth. And so when Greg asked what I wanted to talk about, I really wanted to talk about the last episode of The Last Ride. Uh, this is the five-part documentary series from the WWE Network that uh, highlights the last few years uh, of The Undertaker um, in the WWE, um, starting, uh, I believe, in 2018. 2017. 2017, 2017. The, the, the build and the road to WrestleMania 33, which was the match against Roman Reigns. Yes. yes. Uh, I did watch all the episodes, but I just forgot where, <laughs> where it started. However, That's okay. Uh, Again, I'm focusing on the last episode, not the first. So, uh, you know, I thought it was really interesting. And a lot of buzz came online after the last episode aired uh, because in it, during the the last portion of that episode, uh, The Undertaker kind of veiled. And and he was direct, I would say. He was direct in this. uh, But it also was, you know, thinly veiled um, throughout this particular episode that he at this point in his career, it decided to retire that the boneyard match uh, with AJ styles from this year's WrestleMania was his final match. And uh, a lot of reflection on his career and how this being the last match, uh, all of even just how he was preparing for a traditional match and then COVID came in and then it turned into a cinematic match and how different that was in and of itself um, and how his training was altered. And even just this match in general is not something he was getting prepared for, Um, but also how he was able to incorporate elements of, you know, the old undertaker, the American badass undertaker and Mark Calloway and how that almost is truly 
you know, the entity of, of who the undertaker is and being able to showcase all three elements elements of that in this match, I think helped put him at peace that this is you know going to be uh, his last match. So great. I want to ask you because there's also, you know, lots of back and forth online. If fans felt if this was truly the last match for him, he's openly admitted that, you know, that was a lot of what the series was about was him going back and forth on, was this going to be his last match or was a particular match going to be his last match? Um, and we see him go back and forth for, for years um, as to when he decided, when he would decide to uh, ultimately retire from professional wrestling. So I think there's still somewhat of a base thinking maybe there's another one there, uh, but majority, you know, really taking his, the benefit of the doubt that, that this was his last match. I'm curious to get your thoughts on if you truly believe this is his last match. I do. I do believe it's his last match. Just like, WrestleMania 26 was Shawn Michaels' last match. Like, I think that's the intention. I believe that that he intends to be done. Uh, WrestleMania 33 was supposed to be his last match. And I bragged about that a few weeks ago on this show because I said it was his last match. And then it was intended to be his last match. Then he had the surgery and he felt better. And they called him up and he came back. And if you think about what he's done since then, it it hasn't really been all that much in in terms of what he's done since WrestleMania 33. Anyway, I mean, 34 wasn't really a full-blown match. He alluded to it in the second episode. He actually wishes the WrestleMania 34 match with John Cena were longer, but I do. And of course he didn't have one at 35. I, and that's another point. He didn't wrestle at WrestleMania 35. Like obviously it wasn't planned for him to keep going. The Boneyard match with AJ Styles was so satisfying for so many people. Like it was the Undertaker, Undertaker's always been a character, and The Undertaker could have been a comic book character and could have had years and years and years worth of issues and, and could have been a movie character. It's just such, you know, possibly the most iconic character in professional wrestling history is The Undertaker. And, of course, like you said, what we saw at the Boneyard match was the Dead Man. It was the American Badass, and it was Mark Calloway all wrapped up into one, and I think that's that's what he would have wanted. Um and so I'm satisfied with the Boneyard match because it's better than it would have been in a ring. And when you get to that point, it's it's time to go. It's time to be done. So I do believe that that is intended to be his last match. Will it actually be his last match? You just never know. Saudi Arabia, if that continues to happen, injuries, things can cause things to happen. But just like when Shawn Michaels came out of retirement and wrestled in Saudi Arabia, we were watching a retired guy wrestle. And if The Undertaker wrestles again, we'll be watching a retired guy wrestle. And to me, I can separate those things. Um, I, I look at it as kind of a novelty act at that point. That's what The Undertaker would be. But to me, yeah, I believe it. I believe that was his last match. What about you? Um, no, well, uh, I, I agree. I believe it's going to, this is his last match. Um, I from everything that he said uh, about just the, the construction of this match, being able to work with AJ, uh, the way that all of it came together. And I think being at a point in his life where he uh, is reflected about spending time with his family and, and being with them. Um, those are all factors I think that is, is really influencing um, his, his decision to, to retire and uh, have peace. Like you said, with, you know, having one last great match, even though it wasn't in the ring. Now that could also be another thing, you know, the fact that it wasn't in a ring and that being a different element, how, you know, that, that, eventually you'd want something maybe a little different, who knows, but the fact that he was able, they were able to create something so unique and honor all elements of his character. I mean, 
and he literally rode off, you know, into, into the night, like what better way could you, you do it? Um, so I was going to say, I'm glad that you said that as far as what your thoughts are, because as I mentioned, I kind of warned you that, uh, I was going to use this topic for the hashtag Miranda rights, and I am here by enacting the hashtag Miranda rights. So for anyone who's new or if it's just been a while, the hashtag Miranda rights is pretty much when I tell Greg and read him his Miranda rights, that he has the right, not really the right, uh, to remain silent. Uh, anything he says can and will be used against him in the court of law or in this podcast on the Internet. Uh, sometimes I make Greg, you know, do some funny things and he can't say no, he can't do it. Uh, so I wanted to do one thing that I truly love to do, and it's make Greg go back on something he just said. He makes some brilliant points. He's very smart, very dedicated, really good at being able to present, you know, his opinion and base that on facts. And then I just love to spread it around and be like, okay, well then tell me the opposite of that. And in this case, uh, because he, you know, openly stated that he believes that this is the Undertaker's last match and would be totally fine with that, I would like you, Greg, to book the Undertaker's true last match. I'm going to put a stipulation about Saudi Arabia because uh, that doesn't count. Um, and you're better than that. You're not going to get the cheap way out by putting okay. a Saudi Arabia match. I would want you to book what you would think should be the Undertaker's last match. This is me. This is my. This is the the the, the finger is mightier than the sword. I mean, if you're going to do it, it's got to be Sting. Like, it's just got to be Sting. Ah. And who else can it be? It's got to be Sting. And it's the match everybody wants to see. It's the match those two guys would want to see. It's absolutely got to be Sting. To me, uh, it's, it's, it's it probably, I'm trying to think of the best way to do it. Because they, they did it with Cena, where Cena came out and kept calling him out. And then finally, The Undertaker answered at WrestleMania. Um, I don't know if you do the same thing with Sting. Because Sting is, is, you know, coming out demanding the match and then it happens. You can't really have Taker come out and ask for it at this point because of what he just did. And he said he was satisfied with the end. I don't know if maybe you have some people demand it and then that's what makes it happen. I know Shane McMahon said that he would love to have another shot at The Undertaker and Hell in a Cell. That's not going to happen. We know that at this point. Uh, maybe Shane has something to do with it. Triple A, there's a lot of ways you can evolve it because if Sting versus The Undertaker, they're both going to be baby faces. Neither of them are going to be a heel. So you can't have an attack or anything like that. Maybe you could have something happen at like a convention or an autograph signing if those ever happen again. Who knows? So just just a way, but it would not be very deep in terms of storyline, at least not how you set it up. Once it's set up, maybe it will be. But I think that's the match everybody wants to see. That's the, probably the number one match that everybody's disappointed they didn't get to see is Sting versus The Undertaker. And of course you would do it at Stomping Ground. No, you would do it at WrestleMania. You would do it in, in front of 80,000 or 8, who knows. But 
screaming fans at WrestleMania, whether it's at WrestleMania 37, whether it's beyond that, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think Sting is, is the one match that everybody would want to see because uh, the man called Sting, The Undertaker, for some reason have been really linked by fans when there's not really a reason for them to be linked if you think about their characters. Don't, maybe the trench coat, the crow Sting, okay. I just played... Yeah, the darkness about them mm-hmm. and maybe being those dark entities for their respective companies. Yeah. That that that's probably I never viewed Sting as an undertaker in WCW though. You know, it just it's just No, no. You I, can't. No one is an undertaker. Darkness about it, but I guess like and I don't even think about Undertaker as a vigilante. I, I don't. I never right. really saw that. Um, which but that's okay. Sting was more, but I do think there's ele- you know dark elements about their their character and whether they were just more the strong silent type or, or whatnot. Right. I think it was later on where we learned a little bit more about the the business uh, of you know they're being the strongholds for their company. Um, and that's where I think a lot more correlations happened that made a little bit more sense. But I think physically fans connected them yep. long before they really knew about their individual presence with their, with their respective companies. I mean, maybe you just do a segment where Sting comes out and he's like a guest on Ms. TV or something like that, or doing a, you know, on the peep show with Christian and, and right in the middle of it, the lights just go out and you hear the gong. Like, if people can go back and listen to the episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show where you literally pulled names out of a pumpkin for me to book, and, and I had to book on the fly and come up with things. And that was a lot of fun, and it's a really great episode. You should go listen to it. But part of booking matches is, is also realizing sometimes you don't really have to do much. Like, if, if, if Sting's in the ring, the lights go out and the gong hits, I don't think there's a bigger reaction than that. I don't think there's anything else you could do that would be bigger and would whet people's appetite more. Sting just coming out. I guarantee you that probably if it was in front of fans, there'd be an Undertaker chant if Sting is standing in the ring at this point in his career. Um, If Taker's standing in the ring, there could be a lot of other chants. But I do think that Sting versus The Undertaker would be a hell of a way to go. Now, the notion that people are supposed to lose in their last match, uh, Taker won his last match. It was the the, the Boneyard match, whatever. I think Undertaker would win the match against Sting as well. I don't see him him losing to Sting and, and going out that way. But to me... That the the opponent has to be staying. Now, do I have a backup plan? Of course, I have a backup plan. I mean, who better should have ended the streak? Of course, in this in that scenario, who Adam Cole's gonna be put over? Adam Cole's gonna win. Of course, he is. Come on now. Could you? Okay. Could he even hit the, the the Panama Sunrise on the Undertaker? Like, I don't think the Undertaker could pull that off. I don't know. No, no, no. no. And I don't and think he would want to sell the last shot either. Oh, it might take the entire Undisputed Era to, to, to win that match, but... But the real answer is Sting. I think if there's any match that is worth doing this with, it is Sting versus The Undertaker. And I don't think... It's weird because people kind of got mad when Shawn Michaels came out of retirement because he lost a match that he had to retire. I don't think anybody would be mad if The Undertaker wrestled another match. No, well, and I think it was some of the time frame and where he unretired. Right. Uh, those were all elements, I think, that that didn't put his unretirement in a, the best of right. lights. True. Uh, but also, we're so used to it. I mean, because we he's done it before. He did it at WrestleMania 33. I mean, he came back a few times. So at this point, I don't think 
and it wasn't as official. I think with Shawn Michaels, it was very official that he was retiring, and that was the stipulation. And Undertaker's been a little bit more fluid that we kind of think he is, and maybe he thinks he is, and there's signs to it, but there wasn't ever something as official as what he announced uh, at uh, at the end of the last ride of this episode. I think this has been yeah. the most finite, very specific uh, announcement that he has made about his career and that's why i think fans are, are gravitating towards it uh but I, I you did book i mean one of the matches we've never seen one that is still fantasy book to this day so i think i i made it easy for you so you're welcome you did and- go easy on me yes you, you gotta you deserve a lot of credit for that you did in fact go easy on me you're welcome i do a couple questions um that this just kind of want your your perspective on since you know this is your portion of your show our show um do you think had we been in arenas full of fans do you think the announcement would have been made differently um probably because of the way that things were left with uh the end of the uh the boneyard match um that was one where it just literally fade to black So it was something that didn't have the opportunity for him to stand in the ring and make that announcement in a more kind of traditional format that we are used to as fans, that after a match, um, you know, whatever he would have decided to do, whether it was a formal announcement or maybe doing kind of the same, I would think at that point he'd have to make an announcement. Um, But also the fact that there was some breathing room between Mm -hmm. when it was filmed, when it was actually released. And then now, so he gave it time for him to process. I think right after a match, you, he could still have had conflicting feelings about what he wanted to do. So maybe he wouldn't have been ready to make that announcement right then and there. Whereas the way that he was able to do it through the cinematic match, he was able to truly process and come to terms with the decision that was going to be best for him. So that's why I also feel like this is more final because this isn't something that you announce right after you, you finish a match and you're still on that high. It's you filmed it, it. It was shown to you know millions of people. And now you've been able to, to process this and think about, okay, what is this, what does this mean for your career? So when you have that kind of time to really process a scenario, I feel like that decision has some more has more weight to it i also think part of the reason why people come back so much is because i don't know that this is my last match is the way to go out because i don't know that you always know that this is your last match until after it takes place we've been lucky enough we've talked about it before on on these programs to interview adam pierce five times and we asked him one, one of the interviews i don't know which one when you know how he would go out and he basically said you won't know when it's my last match until after the match takes place because he may not know it's it's kind of like you do it and you realize okay that was it and i think that's the way to go uh now he got a job and so in wwe and so that kind of changed things for him but it's for the undertaker i don't think he was gonna know and it's hard because as fans we want to know right we want to know we're watching the last match this is it. You know, when Ric Flair retired, even though he wrestled after that with Shawn Michaels, he told you during the Hall of Fame ceremony the night before that was going to be his last match. Even though he had to lose, everybody knew he was going to lose to Shawn Michaels. Um, yeah. When we watched Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker WrestleMania 26, we kind of knew, but didn't fully know because we didn't, like, Shawn was still good. Shawn was still going. Like, t- watching Taker walk is painful 
like like even though he's had the hip replacement surgery, like it still kind of hurts to watch him walk. So this situation is I think he needed to do it, see it, and then realize, okay, that's that's it. I'm good. Um, so so to me, I kind of agree there. Like like it's it's the fact that he, I don't think we ever would have gotten that moment, and I think we as fans need to get over that. You know, not everything needs to take place in the ring. This is the retirement, all that. I think sometimes it's okay to have it happen after the fact. Um, I love the fact that AJ Styles wanted a match with Shawn Michaels, didn't get it. Wanted a match with The Undertaker, actually got it. Like it's it's good for AJ Styles at, at this point. He's the last ever opponent for The Undertaker. You know, boneyard match where Carl Anderson is the last person to ever take a Tombstone pile driver. Like think about that. Um, and, and of course he's not even there anymore. He's not even with the company anymore. <laughs> no, nope, he got tombstoned out of the company. But. It's just very interesting to me how that goes because it's not what we're used to. We're not used to somebody's last match being cinematic. You know, I think we all kind of assume that we'll see John Cena again, even though his last appearance was in in the Firefly Funhouse match. Um, second question, last question for this topic, unless you enact some reason why it isn't. Um, since we did this earlier, percentage chance that the Undertaker ever wrestles another match, cinematic or otherwise. Ooh. I'm going to say somewhat low because, again, Saudi Arabia could happen. I don't yep. know. Like, that just seems to be uh, the one scenario in which, like, you could really say never say never. Right. But I'm going to put it fairly low. I'm going to put it, like, uh, 34%. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't <laughs> think this is going to happen. Um, I think he's done. I really do. I, I don't, you know, the fact that they didn't use him WrestleMania 35 in that market in front of that many people, uh, that, that to me speaks volumes um, and, and yeah, I just, and, and even what he did at 34 was so minimized and the story was really all about John Cena. I'm going to say, I, I use that number already. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say 21% chance that this, uh, that the undertaker ever wrestles again. I really don't think it's going to happen. I just think that it's, uh, I think he's done. I think he's done and I think he's satisfied and that's what I, I hope people are okay with. We have the sense of entitlement as fans, but I kind of hope people are satisfied with the fact that he's satisfied, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's what it's about, you know? He sacrificed so much time and energy and his physical state uh, and, and time with his family and, and so much to be there every week and every show. And and even though we haven't seen him as much as, as we have over the past few years, that still was a solid 20 years uh, even before then, even more, 25 years of being on the road, being at every show, uh, being on weekly shows and house shows and, and all of that, uh, facing so many people on on the rosters, past and present and all of that, um, and, and doing his best to put people over. That was something I, I also took away from uh, the last episode was his. he really did want to put over those he truly thought had uh, – a place in the future of the business. And that's something that, you know, he didn't have to do, but he did. And is one of the the greater examples of that. So everything that he's done, not only through himself physically, but also everyone that he helped carry through and all the, the things that he's done, you know, we should be, I think his fans are appreciative and grateful for all of those and, and let him leave a, the term that is best for him, you know, leave on this high, uh, have something uh, as cool as the Boneyard match, have something as cool as this series um, and being able to reflect on all the amazing things that he's done, the way that he's impacted the business, 
from all the interviews of, of people and sharing their experiences of fans, just being able to reflect now and the impact that his career has had. I mean, he's been wrestling longer than some people alive, a lot of people alive on this, on this planet. So I get that it's so easy to want more because that's all we know. For some fans, it's one of the only uh, wrestlers with continuity for, you know, three decades. I mean, that that's very rare to have that, but it's also, you have moments where you got to let go. And, and I think he's done just a fantastic job of, you know, bringing up newer talent and people. I mean, we spent a whole episode last week on Shot Radio talking about Randy Orton. And Randy Orton was on, you know, this week's episode of, of The Last Ride talking about, you know, Taker putting him over and, and you know, putting his body on the line to put a young Randy Orton over. And, and Randy's had, you know, a 15 plus career or with WWE. Yeah. That was 15 so, years I mean, ago. That was 15 years ago. That's crazy. But yeah. I mean, it, it's something that Taker just, you know, did. And then he saw things in people um, and sharing his knowledge and wealth even now. So I think his presence will be there. Um, it will be valued. Even seeing, I mean, things I didn't even realize about, you know, working with uh, people at the performance center. I mean, I think his presence will be there and we'll see it. We may not see it. We may not see him, but I feel like we're right. still going to see his influence in a lot of things. And, and maybe that's what we shift our focus to um, and appreciate that. But I think as fans, we have to, you know, uh, literally let this last chapter, you know, be the last chapter, appreciate and remember all of the great things that he's done and, you know, em- embrace the new people. There's, you know, lots of amazing wrestlers, not only in WWE, but all over the world. And let's spend that energy on the people, you know, now in the business who need it and deserve it. Gotta get Dave in there. Just, just gotta, gotta have Dave in there. Yeah. So awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of things for this special edition of the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco. So I, I, I gotta pull it up. Make sure I get it right. Super such or super good such good shit show six, pal. Sace numero sace. So we thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of that conversation. Obviously, there was. The tough topic early in the show and then the fun topics later on in the show. And that's what this is all about. At the end of the day, we do want you to have fun, but we can't ignore the major things that are going on in our world, professional wrestling. So go on social media and find Miranda Morales at the hashtag Miranda. Not Twitter. You ain't going to find her there unless she does another takeover, but you won't see it. Um, you can find me at ChairShotGreg on the, the, the big three forms of social media uh of course twitter facebook and instagram uh at chairshot media on the same big three for the website it is the chairshot.com always use your head and uh so that's what i'll tell you i will tell you that that from miranda morales this is greg demarco reminding you to always use your head but i think miranda will have something else to remind you of well of course Everyone, thank you so much for listening and watching this episode of the Such Good Shit Pal Show. Awesome stuff. Uh, Cool. Uh, Thumbs up. Uh, And don't forget to always keep it soft style.
¡Viva la raza! Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.